today, yeah, we have with us Alex and Brent. That's Alex. I was looking at Alex. Okay. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about your screen direction on your cameras. So. We got it all worked out. Okay, does all make sense? Yeah. So when we start intercutting, yeah. eye lines are going to be right Perfect. on there. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so cut in. <laughs> Perfectly. Because we're going to go for an editing award on this show. We, yes. So. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I think we are, right? Are I was not? just Shoot. at the uh, event this morning at the Egyptian Theater. It's all the Oscar-nominated editors. Oh. They have a panel. It's called Invisible Art, Visible Artists. And it's amazing to wow. go to. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So they show clips of their movies, and then they talk about the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll be able to speak as intelligently as they do. Oh, so. dude, you already do. You, uh, do. you do a really great job, and I'm a big fan. Um, today's show is really all about uh, the relationship between guys like you, like uh, what you guys do to get a movie done. Brett, in the case that we're working on, um, our current project together is your editing, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, uh, you directed it, right? So how this team turns into over the long period, like, you know, what, what the experience is, is once you've assembled the footage, how much leeway you give him, um, Brett to do an editor's cut, then you do a director's cut or, you know, what's, what is, where do you guys begin once you've got all of you, like your shooting's over, right? Paint a good picture here. Go. I'm getting there. Yeah. Go. Yeah, the, yeah. Yes. This is one of the things they don't teach you in film school. Right. Is really like how to work with a team and, uh, you know, how to, how you finish a movie. Yeah. And, you know, how, I mean, how you like collaborate. Um, you know, my first feature, I was the editor. So like... Uh, so you directed of, and edited? My, my first feature wrote, directed, edited. Holy shit. Paid for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so then, uh, Brett and I, uh, what's called my, Brett was the editor on my second movie. And so that's where we met. And I, I kind of like didn't know what to expect because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, again, I was uh, still pretty, uh, pretty green filmmaker. And, uh, so yeah, we kind of like discovered the process. And as it turns out, Brett has edited all but two of my movies. Okay. So, like, now we know each other, like, really we well. We kind of like hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It does help. Yeah. And uh, and we have, I think, you know, I think we, like, get each other pretty well. Um, Did you realize early that, it, like, oh, this guy should be on the team? Uh, it, it was, honestly, it was too early to know that there was going to be a team. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, it was, man, I like, I, you know. I think I was worried about being fired on the movie during the shoot, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right? Because uh, that that threat did come come a couple of times, but uh, I mean, I can I can tell you like, you know, when we what's what's called when we started working together, um, you know, like uh, the things I like I discovered right away is that an editor is going to bring a perspective that you know, like I'm every director is different. I tend to storyboard the movie in my head and like know cut by cut right. how it's going to go together. Yeah. Um, which is, it's, it's good to have a plan, but the fact is you never exactly stick to that plan. Right. Uh, you know, as you, what's called shoots. And then as you edit, you know, the whole thing about you write a movie three times. Mm-hmm. 
And so give it, know, give us an explanation of that because this is where this is for people who don't know the industry. Gotcha. Well, yeah. The so the saying is is you write a movie three times. You write it in the script phase. You rewrite it then as you're shooting it with all you know with all the changes that the actors and the locations and everything. And, uh, yeah, suddenly money's gone and things like that happen, which right. happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third time in the editing room, which you, that's usually where the movie really like is is made. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's good to have a you know a, a plan or a point of view. Uh, but uh, as I've learned, it's very important to have uh, trusted opinions from what's called trusted collaborators. Uh, to help you make the movie the best it can be. Right. And I just want to jump in and say that's why I enjoy our relationship because yeah. he's not rigid coming into the edit saying this is how it has to be. Right. He's completely open to what I have to bring mm-hmm. and what we discover together as we're you know moving stuff around and, and trying this things is, out. I'm glad you brought that up because where I sit into your team when I when we get to work together in sound, I feel that same exact. A leeway that you guys give me to, you know, bring what I think some stuff, some of that stuff should sound like. And you guys allow that to happen. And I love that. I think it only makes the whole project like all of our personalities are in there to some degree. Well, you want creative people to let them do the thing that they love. Right. So why say, no, this is my way yeah, when yeah. they have something that's yeah. better than your way? Uh-huh. So let them let them do it. And, yeah. and, you know, I think one of the probably one of the most fun things uh, is like sometimes Brett and I will strongly disagree on a scene. <laughs> and, you know, and I think I think it should do this and that. And, you know, he'll be like, ah, you know, and then like I'll, I'll, I'll cut it uh, I'll, like I'll say, look like like this. And then he'll look at it and be like, well, that kind of sucks. But if you do this. And then, like, we go down a whole different path, and we discover something new, and that's right. that's probably like one of the coolest things. Yeah, because I've never had a co-editor, so mm-hmm. it's always been you know me. Yeah, but it is fun to pass material back and forth. And do you find it difficult to let go of those reins? Oh no, not no. at all. Do you, mean, have you worked with people no, that, trusted, that it is right? difficult? I mean, I'm sorry. Have you worked with people where it, it it they they do have difficulty letting go of that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're just a button pusher, and you're doing what they want you to do that. Yeah. That's, like, that's tough in the in the mix room too is when all like all you're doing is raising a level and not creating a a, a soundscape of of sorts, you know, like where you can push the backgrounds to create the surrounding and then as the scene gets more intimate, you can actually pull that stuff back and be more focused with with what's happening on the screen. You yeah. know, it's very cool. Yeah, very cool. So let's uh, let's let's go inside there for um, what's the time frame for your edit process? Like, do you you get a production, you've shot it, now you're in editorial for eight weeks? Well, I want to say early on, before we really got to know each other, I made it a point to go to set, hang out, have lunch with him, trying to get an idea of what he's going for. Mm-hmm. So that when I go back and work on the material, I'm kind of getting a head start. Right. Because if oftentimes you don't visit set and you don't see um, what the director's aiming to do, you're kind of just relying on your own instincts and the material that's coming in. So I really enjoyed going to set and visiting him, and it was nice that we were in the same location. Sure. Um, And then after how many films together, I just just knew what he wanted yeah, and yeah. what he was going for. Right. So, yeah. Right. How many have you done together again? Uh, 
I'm gonna guess nine. This, this might be wow. Nine. Number nine. Really? I think so. That's amazing. And it, um, have all of them been for Forest Films? Uh, no. No, the first, the first, well, the, jeez. Wonder Race guess, was. I guess, no, just, it, well, yeah, just one was I guess, yeah. 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 So Force Films uh, is is the part is the the film production team that you're a part of is that is that a good way of saying it? Uh, uh, yeah, because I mean, it, also it's... Christine and John are part of the same who are they? team. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were on the last podcast. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. have, have, you not, have you not met them yet? Um, <laughs> so well, how would you say that? Is it is it a production team? What would you call? What would you call it? How would you label it? Um, yeah, it just was. Really, all it's. I mean, it started more with ESX. ESX and ESX, ESX Productions and Force Films are. I mean, are one and the same. Uh, Force Films is more of like the, the brand. Okay. Um, but and ESX oh, right. is the production mm -hmm. company, basically. Yeah. So. Um, so, actually, what was the question? <laughs> how how does yeah go. just just <laughs> a, a, is it a is it, is Force Film a a film production company? Uh, just to, just to establish some some you know assignment yeah, no, to the word forest film when people oh, when oh, we're yeah, throwing that I word around. Yeah, I no, I'm, I'm like I'm talking like so everybody is supposed to know all this. It's for our <laughs> listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. No, no for, yes, Forest Films is you know is a, a film production company that uh, you know mainly uh, produces films that are uh, what's called inspiring and uh, what's called what's what's the other way. Well, the, inspiring, positive, uh, uplifting, and, and oftentimes because um, we have access to sports events that most oh, people yeah. don't, we are able to go to the tracks. So, like um, Bennett's War came out. Um, yeah, we we do a lot. We've done a lot of uh, of motorsports movies and sports movies. So yeah, inspirational sports movies. Uh, so we've. We've actually gone a little, you know. We're mixing it up a little. Yeah, we're bit. mixing yeah. it up a little. Yeah. So no, we just fine. work together on Wheels of Fortune, yeah. which is has the motorsports aspect, but it's yep. a raunchy comedy. So. Yeah, indeed it is. <laughs> indeed. What? Um, um, so, getting back to the uh, the time frame, how long do you guys stay in the edit bay? Like per day <laughs> is, it like, is it three months about or is it, or is it? Well, it depends on the budget. So it's determined by how many weeks I'm. <laughs> I should say uh, how much time I get on it, then he'll kind of take over once my pay runs out. Mm -hmm. But usually it's I'm cutting while we're shooting, so four weeks there and then another 10 weeks afterwards to get wow. to the point where we're ready to turn the director's so cut it's over. A little, so it's a little more than three months, right? About yeah. 14 weeks-ish. Yeah. And it goes fast. Yeah. yeah, and it depends You know, depends on the movie. Some movies cut together quicker than others, and... Uh, but even like you know, American wrestler like that. I remember just because of the wrestling stuff that took yeah, no, that a while. was that was. Yeah. And how um, did you guys do pickup shots for this, the current thing we're working on? Mickey Kelly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So how often does that come into play, and does that ever set your fourteen weeks off, like off? You know, you've got new footage. Now you got to work that in, and that just adds well, we more kind time. Of, we kind of know it's coming. I see. Um, yeah. We we lost a couple. I don't know, was it a day or so on the shoots. We knew it had to be picked up later anyhow, yeah, I so see. I kind of allowed that time. I got you. And then when, like, how, how long, or not how long, but, uh, like, at what point do you kind of go, okay, my my part is done, like, I've done my creative cut, where I feel like, is yours your cut first, or do you do Alex's cut first? I mean, I mean what's... It's, it's, 
I, I, one and the I same. I feel like it's kind of now we've just merged, kind of because yeah. we just you know we've been working together so long. And, like mm-hmm, yeah. I, I don't think there's ever like really a definitive like Alex's know. cut. Yeah, I think it's he, just get the movie to the best it can be at mm-hmm. all times. It's, it's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how do you think? Do you think that functions well for a team? That's that's the way you want to work as a team. There's no. There's really. I know it's not to be cliche. There's no I in team, but uh, obviously <laughs> you're 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 working towards the same goal. So it's not. Yeah. And then and you know another another thing. Uh, what's called we do a lot of test screenings where we'll we I don't know. Let's say we have probably a group of thirty or forty like. People, you know, uh, we trust who have uh, constructive opinions. Um, and we'll kind of space them out. So we'll take like these 10 people to watch this cut and then we'll, okay, digest what they've said. Mm-hmm. And then we'll bring in another 10 for the next cut mm-hmm. just to keep getting fresh eyes on, That's on smart. what we're up to. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, smart. And, 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 you know, it doesn't mean we, we take every note, but it's like if half the room is saying, hey, that one scene doesn't make sense, then you know that that one scene probably doesn't make sense. Right, mm-hmm. right. So it's very helpful. Some, some people are against Test screenings, I, I I think they help, as long as you don't cater to like the one weirdo who'll say I didn't like the blue shirt on that guy <laughs> in that scene, <laughs> right. which well, happens. What, what it does too is it allows you to watch an audience watch the movie, so you can see and feel when they start to get restless. So yeah. I'm thinking, well, we got to tighten this section up mm. because people are losing interest. Right. And so uh, is 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 that not a traditional practice? You say some people don't do it. Is that not something that most people do? Um, I, I I don't know about the percentage, but uh, you know I I, I, mean, I listen to podcasts with uh, you know, directors uh, all the time, and uh, you know I've I've definitely heard a couple who say oh, you know, I don't test movies, and but I, I I'm sure they still show it to you know a handful of trusted friends. I mean I I, I kind of think you can't. Uh, What's well, crazy get, not to? Yeah, I mean you get so blinders on after you've watched the thing I don't know how many times that you need that fresh fresh right. opinion so yeah and plus there's some shots that read to you so clearly right but because you know you know everything about this movie but then to like somebody new they'll they'll see this they'll see this shot and they it just won't read the same to them and mm-hmm. that's something you 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 can't you can't predict that. That's another reason why it's important to. Have you know that I'm um, I'm interested in that idea because I often run up. I won't say against because I understand what it's from, and it's what you're talking about. Is like you have put, um, a, this little swag in the character that hopefully the actor has brought to the performance, right, and. You know it's there, but someone who doesn't know that that is in there, if it's if it's not coming across, and it, that particular thing isn't reading, you suddenly you got to reevaluate and figure out another way, right? Yeah. And so the way that um, often the way that we do that is we add ADR lines to help f- tell stories, right, and make a make drive a point a a story point home. Should right? we explain to the audience uh, what what ADR is? Actually, we have in previous podcasts, okay, okay. but yes, uh, that's again when um, there's either a story point to add or or slightly change. Um, if there's a technical difficulty on set, mm-hmm. um, uh, an airplane, a car horn. 
that's not desirable or a performance or a performance. Exactly. You bring the talent back in and have them re say these lines or say the ad lines to help Hmm. to clean it all up. And that's what ADR is. And it stands for something that's really antiquated. I think is automatic dialogue replacement. It's not automatic. No, not at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it used to be called looping Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. they, They would make three foot loops and it would just circle around. And they repeat, would repeat, 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 repeat yeah, yep. here and repeat. Here oh, and that's repeat. why it's called looping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll yep. tell uh, yeah, for the, for the audience here a, a perfect uh, perfect uh, couple of movies where you can spot ADR is uh, Ted and Ted Two, <laughs> because I noticed in both those movies they try to add jokes wherever they could. Mm-hmm. So there'll be times when the characters like aren't on screen or like their mouth isn't on screen. And they'll just throw a line in there. Right, like I remember right. they're like in one of them, they're like walking up the stairs and they just threw this line. And I'm like, I, clearly an afterthought, <laughs> but really funny. Right. <laughs> well, and also catch an ADR line at, coming at it from an editor standpoint where I'll think that's a really important line. Why wasn't it on screen? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it must be ADR yeah. to clarify something. Right. So many times I'll be like, oh, that's interesting that they didn't get that point across yeah it's a huge part of filmmaking and and uh we you know the average person like myself doesn't realize that it's done afterwards you know you you think it's all happening right there you know while you're filming but it's not the case no yeah so that just made me think of something brett where do you craft a scene i'm crafty thinky (laughs) i know you are buddy Mm -hmm. um thinking that when we add this is going to make this edit work you know what i mean if if we add mm. this one line that'll let this this edit that i think will work mm. but it doesn't kind it doesn't kind of work because we don't have the well you got to make it feel natural in the flow of the scene mm-hmm. so if if i'm talking about like making a performance let's say right the scene is a little bit clunky but that's what you've got Right, and so you guys go, hey, if we added this line, this will totally fix that and correct that. I, I remember, yeah, I remember something like that when uh, we did uh, the dog lover. Uh, it was the scene where what's called uh, Will's on the horse. He just rescued uh, what's called just rescued uh, Sarah, and they're they're on that horse, and we just <laughs> couldn't get the continuity exactly right because it's a horse, and mm-hmm. it was kind of doing its own thing a lot including trying to kick the actors off of it one time. <laughs> Luckily, our actor was actually really good on the horse, uh, so he kept him under control. But uh, I, I just remember, like, we, we needed to, like, join these lines, and we just, what's it called? Uh, we, I think we ended up having him ADR it later. So, it like, it kind of joined two shots together that if you heard the original dialogue, the, the tone was completely different. Sure. But the mouth you know it's moving the same so it worked right yeah. hmm. right right I, I so many scenes in my head go by where where i've recorded the adr as well and on the spot will like renegotiate the line rewrite the line or whatever mm-hmm. where um the one very recently like two days ago we had an actress come back in um this one particular shot and it's a great a great movie uh, this one shot that the director had a problem with was there was two things to look at. Hmm. There was a, there was a locker to look at on the left and the door to a school, the entrance to the school on the right. And they were both in frame and you kind of <laughs> didn't know what to look at. <laughs> My eye kept going towards the door 
And so I turned around and asked him, I said, hey, shouldn't we say something to get to look at the shrine on the on the locker? Because that's really the story point is something had happened in the story. And then this um, this young woman had spontaneously blown up. <laughs> it's fantastic stuff. What? Yeah. And so we had this girl ADR aligned that actually made your eyes look over to hmm. what you're supposed to look at. And That's so I awesome. think I think about those things like you know where you got to kind of um revamp the the thought to get it to work in you're, well, clear, you're clearly still making making the film while in in this area yeah. right in sound and yeah. all of that obviously yeah. but uh, we also use it as a tool for our sports movies because oh, yeah. And I, at the panel this morning for uh, Ford versus Ferrari, they were mm-hmm. talking about the first scene with Christian Bale at Willow Springs. Yeah. And when they got the footage in and they assembled the, the scene, they said, this feels like he's only done one lap. Oh. How are we going to solve it? And I kind of laughed because we've gone through this <laughs> right. so many times. So many times. <laughs> yeah. And what their solution was is what we do is we had an announcer explaining the lap number and where they are right. in the race. Yeah. And so uh, it was actually the editor's voice that uh, they used in the movie. Oh, really? Kind of cracked me up. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, uh, so, sometimes that is the the best, the simplest, and the best solution. Sure. It's just we're on lap fifty-seven, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and, like and it goes by yeah. and no, no problem, right. and, and it just fits part of the scene because yeah. you know yeah. there are announcers that. Tell and you even what, though you haven't necessarily seen a time cut. Going from lap forty-two to lap fifty-seven, in your head you go, "Okay, some time has passed," you yeah. know, right? Yeah. yeah. At what point did you guys get? You said you've done nine films together. At what point did it start to feel really cohesive between the two of you as you were working together? When did you just know? Pretty did you know? Quick. I quick? think I think from the first movie. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't. I don't remember not like being cohesive. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was. Um, there's just. There's just. What it is is there's no ego in the editing room. Shocking so, in this town. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, any idea is fair game. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to voice what you feel. And don't be hurt if your idea is, doesn't work. Right. And right. so that, I've had that problem so many times where someone that feels, you know, I, I know they I'm the know filmmaker, best. do it my way. Right. Well, I don't know. I think we would just have a do great... You get, do you get not good results when when that's the case are the results just different or is it just not fun well it's just it's not fun and you don't feel like you're being appreciated for the, the ideas that you, that you bring have. yeah right so um, i think david armstrong in in our very first podcast mm-hmm. he, david launched with us but he had said um that why would i think that i could make the best movie available when all of these people have these creative ideas that I get to take credit for. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You, you know, know, here's I, something that blew me away is uh, uh, a, what's called a friend uh, does uh, what is it uh, pre-visualization stuff. Uh, so for the audience, that's like basically when you do like an animation of a scene, it's usually for big action stuff. And you do like an animation. Oh, they're, they're called animatics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's called this way, you know, they can figure out like how they're going to do this big, you know, all this all this action. And, you know, without, you know, before they spend any money or do anything, they sure. do that. And my friend had said that he'd done some, uh, he had done some work for Steven Spielberg. And that he was surprised that Steven Spielberg, you know, basically said to him, like, show me something. Like, basically, like... 
you know, he he gave him leeway to like, you know, give me some ideas. Wow. So and I was like, oh, my God, if, if even Spielberg like, <laughs> right. you know, is like open to other people giving ideas for where to put the camera, it's like. Uh, that's yeah. That that was a lesson. Sure. Like I always remembered that. Sure. You know that's that's ultimate no ego because that dude, <laughs> like, you know, it, it, he he deserves to have an ego. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, I think dropping the ego is probably the biggest biggest part in being a team. Um, I mean, of course, you've seen we've seen successful teams all in sports, especially. There's lots of ego. There's still success there, but uh, I think I think they have to have a, you have to have a common goal. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you when did you start getting into editing? I, I don't think we talked about that too much on the panel that you were on. Um, what, what, what was your Beginnings in editing. You, you didn't go to film school, right? I did not go to film school. There's another one for yeah. middle school. Well, we're, we're taking. We're, we have hash, I, I, hash lines for uh, who's gone to school and who hasn't. Yeah, just it's so pretty you know, even. So I far. vote you don't need film school. Okay, there's <laughs> two and one. Well, uh, so my film school was the Roger Corman School of Film. So <laughs> I, I grew up in Nebraska and I moved out to LA in '93 with an internship at Roger Corman's. So. I worked six months for free just to learn different aspects of the business, but I always knew I wanted to get into editing because once I found out there was someone that puts the movie together, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's the perfect job for me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was an apprentice editor and then I was an assistant editor for a year and then jumped into the that's a pretty short... editing chair. Yeah, they just, Dude, there was, awesome. well, there was so much going on at that time. So you're just- At Corman. Yeah. Yeah. We, we used to do a bunch of his movies. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, you get the opportunity to learn fast, and um, not only are you not paying for school, you're getting a little money mm -hmm. and credit on actual movies. Right. So I'm sad that there isn't something like that today mm. where people can go and say, yeah, I want to learn how to be a filmmaker. Right. At what point did you feel like you were getting really proficient at it? Like it, it, you started to really sense what needed to happen when a film came, came across your... Desk. I mean, everyone, it, it's a process. You really, you know, what's what's the thing, the 10,000 10, hour hours, rule? yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, yeah. you really got to put the time in the seat to learn your craft. And um, I've, I've cut a lot of movies, so I'm very comfortable now. But I remember first starting out, I'm like, I don't know what to cut to next. Or mm. um, so I had to rely on the director heavily early on because I, I was just figuring my my technique out so right. yeah do you think um you had a uh, uh, more success early on with something like sitting around a, a round table like this and cutting between people uh or doing like an action thing you know cutting a little car chase or something did you like go oh i get the timing of this you know um, was one aspect easier than the other? Did you go, oh shit, I need to hone in this mm. this aspect a little better? Well, it's all about telling the story clearly so the audience can follow you know, what you're trying to say. Did someone um, say that to you? No, you just kind of learn right. as you go what's not working and why isn't it working. So mm -hmm. then you start figuring it out. Action scenes can be really difficult because, uh, especially like in you know, gunfights, you got to figure out your... If you're going to cross the line, I don't know how technical to get here. Oh, but go get, get, get cross the line. Yeah, cross, 
So you got to make sure the audience understands which direction this guy's shooting and which direction this guy's shooting. And if they actually look like they're shooting the same direction, you know, you can flop the shot so they're pointing at each other again. Right. right. We so, just did that on the podcast. We did that last week yeah, when we recorded. You flopped a shot. We did. Yeah. It was weird. I was looking away from everybody. Our guest was over here and we were both looking like, yeah, we're like right. out this way. Completely I mean, disinterested in what they had to say. Yeah, totally not interested. Now, it's the weird thing about this, though, is when we're both looking at you guys on our on our camera we're looking at it looks like we're looking at each other right you can't really change that we're with with multiple angles yeah like that, right. but yeah. Uh, um yeah okay that's interesting i would think that that action shots would be the most difficult to mm -hmm. cut i mean i've never done a, i've done a little bit of editing but nothing nothing spectacular but it's it's fun i found it to be incredibly it's fun super fun i mean you're getting a ton of footage too because you have action is you know how many cameras are rolling at the same time right. and Right. It, it's better to have more footage, right? Absolutely. Then you can save. You can save a scene if you have. If you don't have enough, right? Then uh... yeah. Then you're repeating shots, or you're yeah. What you're do you do? Cutting to something that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, just to like ooh. yeah. Or, or the good old reframing a shot. Reframing. Well, that's a lot easier to do now because yeah. we shoot in such. Um, what what, do you, what does that resolution. mean? Reframing a shot. So just sometimes uh, you don't have the shot you need. But so you take a different shot. Let's just say it's a you know it's a car uh, coming around a corner, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you like uh, I need this car coming around the corner fast, and I, I don't have it. So, but I do have a shot of it just kind of coming around the corner slow. I got you. So, so you speed it up. So I could do two things. Yeah, is, is uh, uh, speed it up, and sometimes it works and doesn't look cheesy. And if you if you crop in tighter. Uh, then you don't have like you have less static stuff in the image, and it looks like the car's moving faster. Uh, so that's, that's just one example. Okay, or you can that's do a good a, example. A push in on it too to give it more movement. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, like a like a like a zoom. Like it's yeah. like the camera's coming towards it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> make that. every movie. Every, the Avengers oh. does that. Like every, yeah, it's done all the time. Right. It's just a little technique. It's a little tool in the tool belt. Yeah. A little tool in the tool belt. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, when did you get into directing? Did you you, you have some editing, obviously, because you guys work together on that and kind of pick up where each other leaves off. Um, when did you get into directing? What, what got you into film to begin with? Uh, Sergio Leone and Star Wars. There you go. So, I, 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 what's called, I grew up in France. Um, what's called? I'm French originally. And um, I saw. Not anymore. You're, yeah. you're our third Frenchman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I saw Sergio Leone movies on the French TV, and uh, that was those were the first movies that made me realize you can put the camera in a very specific place because that's what he does. You know, he has those shots where you have like half of a guy's face, like right up to the lens. Then you have this huge landscape in the background, and and like the, that was the hmm. really, those were the first movies where I'm, I'm like I'm really noticing you know what he's doing with the camera and then uh and then like everybody else i saw star wars and i was just like oh my god like mm -hmm. and that's when i asked my mom I'm like I'm like who who does that <laughs> yeah, you know, and she's like the director and i said that's what i want to do there you go it's uh, funny because that's actually the movie that got me thinking man i really want to be a storyteller a yeah. filmmaker yeah, us and man like yeah 5, everyone other people yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's funny um when you mention star wars to filmmakers, their eyes will light up and yeah. say, oh, that's the movie mm -hmm. that got me inspired. I have a, a 
big Millennium Falcon sitting right above my my uh, desk at, at home. Is it your creative space where it lives? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just I, that was another thing from Star Wars. The Millennium Falcon's like the weirdest ship. It's it like every other ship <laughs> is that, like was like well, it was yeah. just like was sleek. You know, looked like a wedge or something. This yeah. thing looks like like a hamburger with a pot on the side, <laughs> but it's somehow really cool. And I just thought, how did, like, how did this guy imagine this thing? Right. You know, now if you learn the truth, it turns out that like, uh, it was kind of like a last minute thing. They were going to do something totally different. They couldn't do it. So it's like, well, here's the next best thing. <laughs> That's funny. So, huh? just ruined the movie. For that, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Alex, ladies and gentlemen, um, my tie into Star Wars is my daughter's grandpa mixed it. What? Oh, Don, that's right. That's yes, right. yeah, Don McDougal. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so wow. um, he he was. This is a, a, a story I've told before. I mean, before. The, the sound in Star Wars was next level. He won an Academy Award. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Ooh, yeah. I, have, I have an editing Star Wars story in a second. Okay, first. He's the one the rest actually... of the podcast is talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. He got me into the post production. Wow. That's he was awesome. like, you know, I. Long story short, how are you taking care of my granddaughter? I got you a job interview. Don't f it up. And I went to the interview and got it, and just moved on from there. But that was uh, that's my Star Wars tie. Yeah. Tie fighter. Tie fighter. Mm -hmm. X-wing. So I just heard a podcast with the editor, uh, one of the uh, editors on Star Wars. Jeez, uh, like brain farting on which one right now but he said that there are a few so. yeah, yeah the the reason uh darth vader has his own version of a tie fighter is because uh he was saying well when we cut to you know uh the, the which battle, one is he yeah. yeah which one is he yeah and like suggested maybe make his look different and supposedly that's how darth vader's tie fighter came to be they, wow. fo they folded the wings and make it dark made it darker huh yeah because how did they how would they know which one he's which one he's in that's that's a good point because yeah. they're not all black they're white aren't they white no they're gray, gray. yeah, yeah. The oh, okay okay uh, shows you my, what I know. <laughs> We're done talking. Aren't they? Yeah. Aren't they pink? Um, uh, so we all, we not we all, but you can kind of guess how an actor becomes an actor, right? You, you take a class, you start going on auditions. How do you become a director? How oh, does this is it's, important it's, information it's, it's, for me? Right. Also, it's, uh -huh. it's, kind of, it's kind of almost the same question of we know how you can be a baseball player, but how do you become a coach? Right. It's kind of the same thing. What? How do you become? A director, what what path do you take for that to become the thing that you end up doing? Yeah, yeah that's a that's uh that's that's a tough one. I think everybody's got a different path, but yeah. uh, I can tell you one thing is like you you just got to start doing it because it's because. Uh, but what know, does that mean? How do you just start doing it? Uh, it's like if you want to direct, usually it's like you want to tell stories, and, make a short film. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yes, yeah, so, I mean now, oh my god, it's so easy now yeah. now. Our right. freaking phones yeah, were yeah, better yeah. than like cameras we you know we yeah, used to buy. Right. right. Like uh, now anybody can can make. I mean, I can edit it on my phone. Yes, I can edit for the show Wait, that's on my, my cell job. Phone, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking Brett's job away. Man. But um, I mean, I uh, yeah, basically you just got to start doing it. And I just remember, you know, I think my first stuff was like in high school. I finally got I, my hands some uh, some friend. You know, this is like late 80s, early 90s. Some friend had a video camera, which you know, I didn't have a video camera. Mm -hmm. So we shot some stuff. I had a class. Uh, I, I, gosh, I still have this. 
Uh, you know, so yeah, I'm a big car nut. If uh, the audience doesn't know that, okay, good, because cars we'll are going to come up that. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so like one of the first things I shot in high school uh, was a short film about uh, two pizza delivery guys racing to the same house. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah, one guy in a Honda CRX and the other guy in a Chevy El Camino. Oh boy, they're both both played by my buddies. Let me guess which one. El which, Camino, which, one, which one won? Which one got the pizza which, there? Yeah. Jeez, um, did they tie? Oh, they, the El Camino I, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget, but it. Uh, I I remember like it was my first. Like I played it for the class, and like everybody cracked up, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, "This is cool." Yeah, like, yeah. It was like my first short film that kind of came out and like didn't suck. Right. You know, I'd done like a couple other like rough <clears throat> ones. We're talking; these are like three to five minute films. They're right. Super right. short. Which is very hard to tell. A complete story in that amount of time so it's true it's, it's true but i'll i'll say i bet you that's where you got the uh got the fondness for the focus testing uh, playing oh. it for your class and kind of seeing like oh yeah okay this mm. worked or this didn't work yeah oh, you know maybe i need to change this or but something. I, I definitely needed like a more like you know like it, it, i mean i had like some sort of big laughs in there i forget uh but uh just very broad humor kind of jokes mm -hmm. Uh, but definitely, like, if you look at it, the filmmaking wasn't very specific. It was just like, like, you know, the, let's just say my framing was a little bit all over the place. <laughs> Looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, actually, this is a really interesting topic. Um, like, do-it-yourselfers, okay? What's the wheelchair thing? <laughs> For a dolly? Yeah. yeah. Explain that. Like. Well, explain what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking well, about. Well, so like a do-it-yourself person would be you and I. Uh -huh. We're, we're going to make a, a little short film, right? Of course, yeah. And we don't have a budget mm -hmm. to rent this thing called a dolly, right? Right. And so what we would use is a person... On a wheelchair. On a wheelchair, holding the camera steady and making the camera move, but it's staying focused or not in focus. You're but using the wheelchair. You're using the wheelchair the to move yeah. the camera. Right. So... How did this? How does this stuff come to be? Out of necessity? Out oh, of yeah. like holy shit? How oh. how do we fix this? Totally you know now with with the, the drones. Now we, here used... we don't have to get cranes so often. Uh, you know? Or even just the Steadicam rigs that they have now are amazing. Excuse me, Ma. Yeah. I didn't mean to say the S word. <laughs> Mrs. Headland. <laughs> yeah, man, we've used Sorry. we've used yeah we've used cars as dollies. We've you know, we've used even uh, what's the. What's it called? A little four by four thing. Um, the mules. Yeah, we used uh, yeah. the mules as dollies. Yeah. Um, now, how do you, do you how do you get it steady? I mean, or do you not? Well, it depends on the shot. If yeah. it's an action shot. Yeah. Uh -huh. really, Shake it up. Shake it up. Yeah. yeah totally depends. Um, but just to finish on the whole thing of like, how do you get to direct? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> well, See, just, he, he's it, a storyteller. He'll uh, bring it back. Well, it's, uh, it's called because I mean, it's a question I'm asked a lot. Like, I, I probably like you know, over the last ten years, it's like you know, a handful of times somebody has uh, like a, some friend has uh, or family friend has said, "Hey, I have a daughter, nephew, somebody who wants to be a filmmaker. Can you like have lunch with him and talk to him?" Like, that's actually happened quite a bit. I've had that too. And sound. And um, so you you just you. Uh, to to be a director, you you have to just do it. You have to like, shoot little short films, you know, mm. with your iPhone. Mm -hmm. uh, what's called go like I know Brett loves to roam around with his camera, with his still camera, and take pictures. He like this is like a regular thing he does. Yeah, and you know that's so this is where like you know he he probably fine tunes like his uh, what's called. Um, 
you know, his shots and everything. I think the toughest thing is um, what's called, you know, to work with actors consistently. That's, uh, you know, something I wish I could do uh, more of. So it's like every time I get a new project, it's like I kind of like got to warm up. I actually have like notes because uh, I've, I've uh, you know, I've, uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, directing actors books I really like that have like super helpful stuff. And I've taken notes and I always go back to like mm. certain key things. But like uh, what I would tell everybody that the other thing I want to get to is basically you, you can't uh, practice being on a set uh, what's called being in charge of basically the camera, the actors, the background, the 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 everything. You 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 know you can't practice it without just doing it. Right. But you know. But be prepared when you're on that set because when all the shit starts flying at you, mm -hmm. you got to remember what's the story you're trying right. to tell. Yeah. Right. So and so, the, and all of those things flying at you are small to big fires where something's wrong and you got to go, okay, well, we could do it like this, right? Staying calm, but moving the story forward and getting yeah. the shots, right? Because yeah, if, yeah. if everyone's looking to you to be the captain of the ship, and mm -hmm. if you're freaking out, then they're going to freak out. Right. But so if you're, how do you prepare for something that you, this intangible, Who gives you a chance, thing? right? What's that? Who gives you the chance? Like who's... You, okay, so I shoot all the stuff. Yeah, we shoot right. all the stuff on our phone and we edit it together yeah. and it's bitching. And it's cool, and we put music together for it too because we can. Right. Right. How do you? But how do you? Who? who do you what do you, you, know you make? What, what are you? Are you? Are you doing narratives, or what are you? What's your short films of? Like, well, I well, mean, he's I'm using I, hypothetical. I'm hypothetical, but, but I would say you know um, the story of uh, a lone guy walking down the street to get to his gig, and he runs into these these weather conditions that prevent him from getting there but his perseverance i'm writing this off the top of my head his perseverance gets him to the gig yeah the, <laughs> you know how does how does that turn into getting he, regular he jobs said, he says my partner he says mm -hmm. he should direct a movie let's yeah. give him a shot mm -hmm. you know what i mean like how does that transform can, into yeah, I, a gig I, can, I, I think i can answer that okay. um so uh, let me start with brett's case I mean, uh, Brett's, you've edited like 50 movies, right? Yeah. yeah right. That's some footage. I remember you telling me that one time, and <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, holy shit, that's a lot. <laughs> I think we've cleared 60 now, so. Wow, yeah. okay. So, yeah, so, so Brett, I mean, he knows how a movie's put together, and I know he's been on a you know a ton of sets, um, and uh, from, you know, doing so many movies with him, it's like I know he has good taste, and I, uh, you know, I know, hmm. I know he knows how it all, you know, how it all works. And so when, uh, what's called when uh, our production company was going to do the stand at Paxson County, like you know, uh, our what's called our boss mm -hmm. uh, Allie, like you know, asked me, hey, do you think Brett can do it? And I said, oh yeah, Brett can totally do it. It's like I can, I you know, I can just tell like he's he, he's a uh, what's called, uh, you know, he. he <laughs> He doesn't say anything that makes me think he doesn't he hasn't said any red flags. <laughs> There's a lot of people who say red flags as soon as like as soon as some theoretical filmmaker says like, oh, I know everything about mm -hmm. filmmaking. Then like right there, I'm like, OK, you're going to have problems. Right. You know? Right. Because right. uh, you, you have to go into it like, you know, uh, a willing to learn. Uh, willing to collaborate mm -hmm. and uh, uh, what's called being able to put your ego aside. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and uh, <laughs> but but what you're alluding to is it's 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 networking, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, that's but that's you, part of it. Um, proximity. Well, every it's every opportunity is going to be unique to the person. Yes. So absolutely, you, you got to find your way and just don't give up. So like Alex's first film, he paid for it himself. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get to. I think in my case is. Uh, so I had co-written a script uh, with my buddy Steve called Born to Race, which is the first movie Brett and I worked on together. Mm-hmm. We had ri- we wrote this right after film school. This was like the first feature film both of us had written, and I attached myself as director. I'm like, this is you know what's gonna you know hopefully you know get me somewhere, and um, what's called in you know we uh, you know basically we you know we couldn't get it made for a while. And I was doing a bunch of short films, and I, I like I'd done like seven short films. And I'm like I I'm kind of done with shorts. It's like I want to tell a longer story. Sure. So that's when I broke out three credit cards and <laughs> uh, you know made my my first feature called Knuckle Draggers uh, for it cost me a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and uh, and it's good. And uh, cool, yeah, man. yeah. Uh, you know, basically nobody really saw it. It just got like barely announced as distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it did do is that it's the thing is, is like I finished it. I, I wrote it. I executed the film. I, I edited it together. I finished the freaking thing. And this, no, this is this is big because there's so many talkers in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, and I finished it. And uh, when we met with George, who financed Born to Race, you know, he's like, so, you know, you want to direct this? And <laughs> so the, I know I was about George to do his accent. voice, <laughs> you know, and um, I had done actually had done a short film about street racing, which what's called looked like really, you know, it looked pretty polished. Cool. And in with my feature film, Knuckle Draggers, there it was I mean, it was basically talking heads it was a romantic comedy. So hmm. and uh, just in the trailer. Like he, uh, the producer saw two things. He saw that I finished the damn thing, mm-hmm. and he saw just in the trailer. He said, "I can tell you know how to work with actors. Okay, you can direct it." It was wow. literally that he didn't even watch the movie. So right. that's that's what's called, and that was literally so. So think about like three years of work, hundred thousand dollars of money, to lead to like my first, just a guy saying yes to hiring me for my first right. official directing right. job. Well, there's your student loan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Well, he got two students. Well, now. yeah. No, I, I was fortunate that my parents paid for my film school. But in and as much as I enjoyed film school, I especially now with freaking YouTube with directors' commentaries, like you do not need to pay to learn how to make a movie. Like the, the way Brett did it is better. To actually go get an internship somewhere mm. and either and, hands on, man. Yeah. Right. Hands, hands on. on. Do it well, for free or get paid to learn. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I mean film school is good, I think, for creating like beginning your network. Because they're gonna Very go, true. Out, go out yeah. into the world and my, keep in touch with those people. My gaffer on my first real short film, uh The Last Race, another car movie, <laughs> <laughs> which was after my first documentary, which is a documentary about street racing. <laughs> about cars. Do you yeah. like cars? <laughs> he likes cars. But my so my gaffer on my first on my thesis film in film school has become my DP. My director of photography on every f- feature film oh, that I've nice. done. Since Building then. the team, man. Yeah. And, and he was also yeah. my DP. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And both uh, on Mickey Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stand Up Exit County. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous looking. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely gorgeous stuff. Too bad he's such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaking Ruben, man. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. He's great. That's cool. Can, can we talk about Mickey Kelly? Yeah. We can. Okay. So. 
this one is near and dear to me just because of the the sporting aspect of it, which is Brazilian sure. jiu-jitsu, right? And as a, I, I was never very good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I quit football because I got too, hit too hard when I was a kid, you know? And then at 40, I started doing, or at 38, I started doing martial arts. 40, I had my very first mixed martial arts fight. So this sport, I've seen it as somebody that's not very good at it. And then somebody who, um, like the lead in that, in Mickey Kelly, um, who is incredibly knowledgeable and a very high level, um, athlete. Right. So for me, when I screened that movie with you guys, that was the most important thing for me to watch, to make sure that there was continuity inside the grappling. Mm -hmm. It's authentic. And yeah, it is totally, yeah. Mm. It is 100% very well done and put together. And um, can we say the actor's name? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, the, just to give people a little more context. So uh, Mickey Kelly, uh, what's called it's the story, uh, it takes place in the 1990s during the rise of MMA, but before MMA was a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, when when people still underground kind of yeah, yeah. people didn't really know what jujitsu was yet. It wasn't in the mainstream, and it's about uh, what's called this uh, what's called this down and out fighter who uh, what's called uh, well actually let me take that back. It starts with a, a guy who's an unknown fighter, and uh, fights aren't sanctioned yet. And there's these underground fights going on. Uh, what's called and uh, uh, they're in Dubai, which was, this was a real thing that happened. Uh, sheiks would uh, basically finance just, these. Yeah, would just put fights, on these right? these private sporting events. Hey, uh, that one guy in Africa, that one dude in Japan, mm -hmm. I want to see those two fight. You yeah. just bring them over, put them in a ring money. in a yep. tent in the middle of the desert, and uh, what's caught and have them fight. No rules. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's about a guy who's really good, who takes, uh, you know, who agrees to fight in one of these tournaments. And uh, what's uh, you know he beats the first two guys and then the the what's called the last guy cheats and sucker punches them yeah, and basically Marco Blaine. yeah and and uh, <laughs> hurts them pretty bad and basically uh, destroys kill, his career yeah, right. yeah. Just, right. just destroys his career and then uh, years later um, a, a video leaks of the fight that nobody this knew. this is at the beginning of the internet right yes. Like yes early early right on at the, the start internet. of the internet yeah. uh, you know a, vid mm -hmm. a video of this fight leaks nobody knew that there was a video right. and it, it leaks and then it gets out now the bad guy Blaine who has now become a champion in the now legitimate sport of MMA wow uh, what's called uh, you know is shown to he's supposedly undefeated right. but now because of this video it shows that potentially he he uh, he sucker punched this guy because he knew he wasn't going to win that that's fight. right right so uh mickey kelly is offered a rematch mm. and uh but all the while he's hiding this uh life-threatening injury, injury yeah. that right. he has right so will wow. he you know will he take the match and well, get his he's got chance? a wife and kid and yes. he's got a like Be yeah. that's a beautiful story oh, too yeah. the 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 um the romance the mm -hmm. love the love story of how they met and um, I just I just love that uh, when you can intertwine an emotional yep. attachment to a cool sports story. Well, it raises I mean, the stakes totally. Because, totally. And she is a beautiful. Never I haven't ever seen her before, but she's oh, gorgeous. Right? Yeah, she's great. Gorgeous. What's her name? Uh, Katrina Bowden. Man, she, she was on Thirty Rock. That's where a lot of people know her from. Okay, uh, but uh, you were you know you were talking about the like the what's called the. Uh, realism of the fighting mm -hmm. 
So, you know, the the project came about uh, when I was introduced to Sean Patrick Flannery, who had this idea for this project. Okay. Uh, he's been he's been into martial arts. I think he said since he was like nine years old. Right. And so, I mean, he he used uh, he used to do kung fu. And then when he discovered Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, he right. like was he, he like fell in love like in two seconds. Yeah, and yeah. Basically, like I think he I think he said he literally like stopped working for a year or something like that and just and just Stayed. trained. Wow. And now he's uh, wow. he's a black belt and he's uh, I believe he's got two schools where mm-hmm. he teaches Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and that's uh, so in the movie he's doing all his own fighting. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's yeah, it's which yeah. as an editor, I'm so thankful for. Yeah, sure, we never man. have to cut around his face or yeah. anything. It's it's the real guy doing it yeah. the whole time. And I'll tell you, mm. um, he's I don't even know how old he really is, but at that time he's in his mid 40s, right? Yeah. At, at the last um, event. Yeah, dude, he's in killer shape. Yeah, I mean shredded. Which is always fun for a guy to go, dang, man, I wish I could be like that, <laughs> you know? Um, so getting getting back to, let, let's talk about getting this idea off the ground. This is um, something that, you know, he approaches you on. Uh, we how, had a, how do you... What's called, we had a friend in common, uh, what's called, uh, my friend Paul had known uh, Sean for for years, I think since, since Boondock Saints 1. And uh, what's called basically when Sean, uh, you know, Sean had written like a, a treatment for this story and uh, wanted to hire a screenwriter to like fully flesh it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he Paul told him about me. I had written a Western at the time uh, and uh, Sean read the Western, liked it. So he hired me to, to uh, oh, what's called cool. write the script with him. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we wrote this together. Um, you know, very much based on on his his premise, and uh, in you but know, how many years ago was this? Oh, uh, this was this was uh, yeah, this was in two, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. So um, it doesn't happen overnight, right? No, right. And, and that's another story of yeah. Yeah. sticking with it for years. This is honestly, I've come to find that that is the norm. Like right. this is this isn't like you know, wow, it took eight years. It's like that's most scripts mm-hmm. is is what I find to be the truth. Um, even like. Yeah, I mean, even geez, my my western, which I wrote ten years ago, and I sold a, a couple years ago. I believe, I think, I think it might actually happen, like in the, you know, breaking news. Let's just say, <laughs> no, no, not not, not yet, yet. But I just, oh, it's a I great script. I, can just, I can't wait. Cool. I can't. I can see. Uh, by the way, it's called "The Girl with No Name," and uh, what's called it's out right now. It's a comic book. If you want to look it up, yes. all right, it's very cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I just I, I just see things building, and I think it's soon going to become a movie. This so is you something said you that you sold. I, that you sold. It, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's been made into a film yet. I just just sold the script to uh, uh, what's called a production company. Okay, okay. Now, uh, if you don't mind, we talk. I, I don't know how much you made on that, right? But you sell it now. Does it when, when it does become a movie? Do you does does any more money come from that, or are you just I, I hoping think to everybody, sell? Everybody, everybody has a different deal, and uh, uh, here I'm. You know what? I'm going to blow people's minds, and I'm going to tell you. So, born to race. Like our, my first script that I co-wrote uh, with my buddy Steve Sarno. Uh, I mean, Steve. We, uh, yeah, what's called? Uh, you know, we were first timers, and and uh, the movie was done for a tiny, tiny little budget. Yeah, we were paid like next to nothing for that script. 
mm-hmm. you know. But it as gave was us... the editor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, people uh, would be shocked, like you know, how, how little we did get. But it, it but it's, it's interesting too that got things started. That sure. Sometimes it's not about the money; it's about the project you're working on and how the opportunity, the opportunity, yeah, and just to work on something cool. So. Of I can course, totally, I can totally agree with that. Of course, that. That's I take a pay cut. Just yeah. to, you know, that's how we met. So yeah. that that well, shaped I, my. Well, I think Michael and I can both agree on that. We've played music for free mm-hmm. more, way more than we've ever been paid for it. I will say, um, I, I played last night and got paid. Oh, good for you, buddy. Good for you. I'm rich. Uh, but I've played most, <laughs> most of ninety-five uh, percent of the gigs that I've played. Uh, were for free, and a lot of them because I was in original bands were exposure gigs. You're just trying to get exposure, mm-hmm. so you you do have to love it. You have to do it. You're doing it for fun mostly. Yeah. Uh, there comes a point where that starts to tip, right? You're like, okay, now it's time to start getting paid for these efforts. And when you don't, you're like, all right, well, let's see, let's move along. Here. Right. Right. You're willing to donate your time less and less. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. Because <clears throat> yeah. it's a lot of work. I mean, as, as we all know. But uh, hey, I want to touch back on. Um, this there's actually something that I struggle with, uh, with my music, and that is. I thought we were talking about your drinking. <laughs> <laughs> with my drinking, um, is I feel like, and this is going back to what you were talking about, is like the time that it takes to get a project written and then completed is several years. Yeah, and it's relevant, right? Like I feel like when I uh, a year ago mm. last. Two weeks ago, a year ago, two weeks ago, I recorded 11 songs. Yeah. Okay. And I've only got two finished. Right. In my head, when I do this, I go and I get my homies in Michigan and we get in the studio and hunker down for three days and we record old school. We go to tape mm. and we're doing all playing live together. The intention behind it is to get it and keep the momentum going yep. and get back here. When I have all the tracks, I start mixing. I do my vocal overdubs and you know whatever else is needed to get done to get it finished. In a short amount of time, life starts to happen, yeah. and I go, "Oh, I'll get to it next weekend. Oh, I'll get to it the week, you know, next weekend." And now a year plus later writing new songs i'm writing better songs yeah. that i need to record yep. and get those sons of guns done that's it but i need to have completion on the thing that i did a year ago yeah you know what i mean do so you? i do i really truly do that was a big effort you had to go all the way to, to grand rapids michigan yeah grand rapids michigan yeah. to river city studios with roy wallace um, my high school buddies, longtime friends. Here. Yeah. Oh, and Gibson. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, You're just greasing you, your, your audience. Yeah, there you go. Doing. There you go. Do you ever feel like relevant? Say so you yeah. wrote it not you wrote it nine years ago. Finally, it's do you have to adapt it for? Yeah. Like you wrote it. At well, a, it was in a, a period piece. So that helps. That's yeah, but, different. It's, but it's funny. Though, Western, it actually, but it totally. Oh. It's still totally relevant. If you think about, you know, everything is going on in the news. Uh, because it's it's about a girl, it's ah. it's about a female gunslinger. Okay. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Uh, well, who's the relevant female gunslinger? Uh, well, it's I'm just saying with the the whole Me Too thing going on. Understood. It's, it's very much it's a realistic, gritty western about basically mm. a girl that uh, goes on a quest for revenge. Yeah. But it's not. She's not some chick with just like big boobs and two guns. Mm-hmm. It's like she's she's a real person 
grounded in reality yeah, yeah. who somehow is going to take on like a band of outlaws uh-huh. and you know the Weinstein I... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that is relevant that that's it is very do, do you ever do you ever notice like you might may have to if you wrote it six years ago and it's getting shot oh. now you might have to like yeah. adjust well, certain yeah, we're things. going through that right now with this potential project but let's probably not get into it but the the we have this potential action project, uh-huh. and let's just say that we may need to adjust who the bad guys are. Yes. Yeah. I so see. that's, yes, totally, totally get what you're saying. You okay. Stay I actually have relevant. A, I have a kind of a tie-in question sort of to what you were saying with, like, uh, what's called working on songs. Yeah. So for you, uh, uh, for mixing movies, so going back to, like, what's called, like, your start, <laughs> what uh, when was it that, like, you first realized, like... Like you, you, I don't know, you, you know, you, you mix something and like, whoa, you just like elevated this, you know, whatever, this short, so, this movie, you know, with the sound, like, right. holy crap, like, you know, like you were really inspired by the difference you made with the sound. Two that come to mind. One was prior to anything that I had to do with movies, and it was, uh, um, I'm drawing a blank on the album name, but it was Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Mm. And I came out, I think, in 79. I was nine years old. I very clearly remember hearing an element of what we call as engineers and mixers and shit. It's all this silly talk that we use, but it's called the openness. And, like, they had a sound. It was a drum or something that I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a a super tramp. It was piano. And they played a note, and then you heard the decay of the reverb. Mm. And I remember at nine going, holy crap, that is cool. And my mom goes back to say over and over, honey, you were messing with the EQ on those on our car stereo from the minute that you could. You were adjusting, no, mom, we need more bass in this song. We need more treble, blah, blah, blah. Second thing was um, my very first time in a recording chair for post-production was ADR with uh, Jim Belushi. Wow. And it was a film called, and it was shot on film back then, it was a film called Retroactive. It was um, Jim was in it, obviously. Frank Whaley was in it. Uh, it was time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, shot out in the desert. Tons of wind problems, so I mm-hmm. got to spend a ton of time with him. 300 plus lines of ADR mm-hmm. just for him. Like almost his entire script. Sound like the wind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> when I, after spending so much time with him and seeing how better his on-screen performances were through the recording, that was my very first time. Like, oh whoa, we just fixed a big problem and elevated the quality of the movie. So those those first two those things uh, seven nineteen seventy nine and it may not have been in nineteen seventy nine when I heard it, but I recently actually looked that up because I remember that. But um, in uh, nineteen ninety five or ninety six or something with retroactive having a an immediate impact on the quality improvement of. of what what about projects that you've worked on where you're like hmm. I mean, that was one, but what, what was one where you're like, it came in and you're just like, mm. and then you did something to it and just, whoo, it just really, when you, when you realized you were at the top of your game. <laughs> I'm still learning, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I you. Well, you better be always learning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there's, yeah. So, I mean, there's unique scenarios to, oh. to everything. Well, anybody Sorry. that aspires for anything is always going to have that answer. I get it. But 
if you could just really analyze, I mean, everybody that we talk to I, enjoys working with you. There's something well, it, you're doing. Mm, that, yeah, it's, eh. it's touch and go. There's a there was a film a few years ago called Burden, and that is an incredible story. And it's one of my favorite mixes that I've done so nice. far. What was it about it that you you got to create these locations that were relevant to the time and the space. Hmm. So was a, it gave you an opportunity to be more creative than usual. It, it didn't. The director did. The director did. And this is this is the thing about yeah. being creative and what I get to do is it's guys like you who say, yeah, let's what do you what do you got? Show me what you let's got. Play. Yeah, exactly. And so mm. you get to like adjust these things and like some people are are sensitive to tone. And so early on, you kind of figure figure that out. They're like, ah, well, that, there's that sound in that room. Oh, OK. They don't like the fluorescence buzzing over. Right. right. So you just kind of learn these things and hmm. you burden. Um, I, I got to add to it to what I feel are Academy Award winning performances by the um, the people in it. Forrest Whitaker's in it. Garrett Hedlund's in it. Andrew cool Riseborough, Andrew yeah. Riseborough, his cousin, <laughs> Fred's cousin. Um, <laughs> I wish. And uh, uh, um, Tom Wilkinson, I think yeah. is his name. Um, these, all of these performances in this movie are incredible, and then you just get to make the sound like fit what they're doing. Well, I can say for the stand in Paxton County that we worked on, mm -hmm. there is a location which is the barn. Yeah, and you created this personality that. Gate that you gave to the barn as we get deeper and deeper into the movie the more the personality grew and yeah. i loved it i yeah. mean the more the creaks and the wind and what you were doing there was fantastic. yeah and, and that that really comes down to and you guys uh please chime in on on the level of of this and what you guys do but the the editorial team that gives me those sounds correctly right they they give you a big blotch of sounds and it's like a room tone and then it's creaky walls it's a high whistling wind and a low whistling wind and then you've got um other things like distant birds and it's what you're saying is like looking at it and going this should sound this way right you just you push the creaks here and let the birds kind of sit and poke through here mm -hmm. that that's to me the artistry of being able to of movie making right is like that that's it feels how it looks you know, it sounds how it looks. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So drawing it all back to teamwork, which is which is what Michael wanted to discuss as a as sort of a theme. Um, obviously, we all know the value. Everybody knows the value of, of, a, of a good team. Um, so we can continue to explain that to death. But but it, honestly, what when you find good team members, do you find it difficult to do any project without that team? I mean, I see that you guys are probably going to work on many 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 more projects together <laughs> i'm so tired of it <laughs> <laughs> i mean is is it difficult to do other i mean i think that as i've as we've seen i think just even in the many people that we've talked to and the many people that have made connections with michael that once you find someone that you really like working with yeah. you're just going to keep working with you see it in in you, film you, you see it with all the top people in you film. do yeah. i mean i mean Scorsese, the panel... all the different people yeah. he yep. continues to work with yep. so it's obvious that I mean, it's obvious that teamwork is just so huge. Well, it's also, it's, uh, yeah, it's also, man, 
if you're just if your personalities work together, right? That's great. Yeah. Because you know, obviously, there's there's times where you run into people where you just don't get along. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's really hard. It's already really hard to make a movie and to make a good movie. And then when on top of it, you know, you're you're clashing with the people who are supposed to be on your team. Yeah. You know, that's what's it called? That just, uh, yeah, it just makes it really tough. So ideally, you'd be you'd love to be able to have creative control at least over your team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being in a situation where they're picking the team for you mm -hmm. um just because they're because of their credentials i mean it se seems to be able to that's a nice position to be in if you can be able to pick the people that you want to work with in a project and that's what you can do as a director i imagine most of the time most of the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah what don't you have creative control over in that process actors I mean, you have to have, um well that's a really good question do you do you get lambasted with oh i didn't want this lead you, uh you know do you have what's called uh yeah, i don't think i've ever really had an issue with like a lead but there's definitely been you know some roles that were filled uh you know, i won't name projects or names sure. but of course we, <laughs> we, we don't well, let's you know let's just say there was Alex. <laughs> there was a project where you know I, I arrived to the office and uh i was told uh oh hey alex meet so-and-so he's playing this one role and i was like Oh, so A, I was like, who is this guy? Uh -huh. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, I didn't know him. And then it's like, oh, that's totally not the character I imagined in my head. How do you work with that? Um, <laughs> what's called, uh, just uh, kind of had to, you know, it doesn't always work out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's just life, man. You know, that's well, no, just yeah. got yeah. to roll, roll with it. Do you have an opinion on the investor actor thing? Like people who buy their roles? I mean, it's uh, it, it happens a lot. It uh, you know, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I've seen both where where yeah, it does work yes. and where it so terribly. You know, doesn't. But the, and you know, in the end, it's like if if you agree to the job and that this is part of the job, then I mean, you 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 can't can't sit there and bitch the whole time you just you, you, you signed work up with for it, it. Yeah. yeah and exactly. you know what buck no actually um and that's, you, a, that's you, something i like i stress a lot with just you just like i mean i, I had a crew member I remember who like who bitch about the conditions on the movie and you know i said to him we told you these conditions from the beginning it's like you can't like now say oh sure. i don't like this you should sure. have said no mm -hmm. so but sorry what were you gonna say um uh, buck who's all a mutual colleague of ours um here at juniper post mm -hmm. um nice plug there. yeah yeah <laughs> david kitchens um <laughs> he actually opened my eyes a little bit about the investor mm. actor scenario mm -hmm. um he shot adr for a particular woman who is notorious for that mm -hmm. and he says now, you know you, what i'm sorry when you say shot adr that might confuse some people thank you he recorded it yeah he recorded it is um, that what boring? That would be a boring shot, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be like people recording. <laughs> well, no, because it could be a really funny, <laughs> yeah, a really think, funny. Well, you think comedy. of shooting as a camera. Yeah, 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 of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, she has several credits that were bought, right? Um, but what Buck said to me, which kind of opened my eyes a bit, is he goes, "I don't really have any ill feelings about it because they are willing." to pay money to get it i have no idea what you're talking about Bob, um you're... There, there's a, a relatively new thing in town 
um, where people have money and buy parts and roles in movies. And they really? they become like Brett has movie well, A hell. and you have $50,000. If it helps you the can, film get made, why not? Well, it's sort of. It can hurt the film. If too. you suck as an actor, mm. that's bad. Right. I get the 50 it. grand is good, but the bad acting I is bad, it. right? And um, I, th- I think that this person is, is evolving as an actress for sure. Um, but the first few things that she was in that I had anything to do with, um, she was she just didn't have any chops yet. She right. was playing opposite people who had very she was huge out, outmatched, she way was outmatched, out. and you visibly sh- like, yeah, it just kind of over skips the audition mm-hmm. process and all of that, and right. finding out who's right. So it's interesting, you know. There's mm-hmm. kind of this uh, this thing, and um, a friend of mine, Brian Miller, who was on the bad bad end of of those scenarios um you know he's struggling to keep his career going you know mm. so anyway well let's get into our random questions do it. ready for them these are our fun random questions that we ask at the end uh, brett Headlands knows already been brett knows <laughs> them well down this road alex will be new to this but uh this is this they're not that i'll make them oh well i'll make them real fun okay i'll pick really hard <laughs> ones now now that i know uh do you own a bicycle yes yes how often do you ride it uh, when I'm not finishing Mickey Kelly, I, I usually three times a week. Wow, wow that dude. often? Okay. Yeah. He lives at the beach, so. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. By the beach, let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Which what, beach? What does by the beach mean to you? Uh, it means I, like I'm... Within yeah, a mile, within I'm, a couple miles. Yeah, I'm like a 10-minute walk to the beach, so it's it's nice. That That's is nice. Really So nice. you get the nice weather that, as a result of, of the beach. Yeah. Uh, uh, and how often do you... Well, I kind of go in cycles. <laughs> Better add that there. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> I uh, add our canned, our canned audience laugh track there. <laughs> so I, I kind of get involved. Like, I'm heavy into yoga now, so that's kind of my oh, thing. Oh, okay, cool. But um, for a while, I was biking one, you know, every weekend. And now it's just sitting in my living room looking at me like, why Don't aren't you? Yeah. I was a yoga teacher <laughs> for, for eight years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. It's not funny. When you know I when was people say, say funny, like you know, how? You know, <laughs> you know when people say stuff, oh, that's funny, and it wasn't funny. Yeah. It wasn't funny. Well, well it's that's funny, funny that as I in, brought it up. Yeah, it's funny. It's a... interesting more than funny. <clears throat> yeah. Do you think handlebar. <laughs> oh, that <excuse> was funny. <laughs> do, do you find. Ha- not interesting. Not at all. It's kind of, you know, it's, he's farting. Do you find handlebar mustaches to be handsome? <laughs> on me or <laughs> Jason Galbraith, ladies and gentlemen. In uh, <laughs> I think they're kind of a weird thing that's yeah, coming back. I think it's uh-huh. weird too. Yeah, and... uh, not into it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, so... I, I think it. Let's just say you got to earn that. Ooh, that's that's what that's a good spin on it. Now, yeah. what does that mean? You got to earn it. Uh, you got to be Sam freaking Elliot, dude. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Like wider, you got to be. Uh, what? Yeah, you got to have this. I mean, it works for a certain personality type. Sure. And then if you're not that personality type, creeper. What are you doing? But yeah. you're just it wearing matter. it on your face. Yeah. yeah Waxing no. it, curling it. Uh, what is wind? That he just cut a little bit ago. <laughs> that wasn't real. Stop. <laughs> Do you really know what it is? Does what, anybody what is the actual cause just, of wind? Because we get such bad wind where we live, and you're like, "What? Where is this all oh, coming from?" It's, it's like a wind storm, and you're like, "Oh my god!" It's, it's an atmospheric 
I quit. Pressure <laughs> relationship <laughs> with the ocean and all that stuff. Heat and cold and heat all that and kind of stuff. Heat and cold. It's, it's Google. It's, I'm Googling it's, that I want right to Google now. it. I want to yeah. see if they know what wind is because I want to know too. Which animal adds more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? <laughs> I was going to say monkeys because they're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, pretty much monkeys. <laughs> yeah. But you have to pick one of the uh, two, squirrels, squirrels or llamas. Or llamas. Llamas, you know, they use llamas for uh, comfort animals. They take them to uh, like cancer hospitals don't they and stuff spit like or that. Something? Uh, I don't. They might. Oh, yeah. They, they just may not. If they I don't. don't know, I guess squirrels make me think of whatever that is. It that Pixar cartoon uh, where the, the yeah. yeah where the dog goes squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. yeah. I like so squirrels. I'll go with squirrels. Squirrel. Yeah. Um, and then last thing here, uh, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Wow. I think anyone that is going after their dreams and they don't stop. Mm. I mean, because it's, it's a roller coaster ride. I love ride. that. Yeah. That's really good. That's a good answer. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say specifically right now, Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That's that? the director of Parasite, yeah. which is the... Oh, you mentioned this before. I, I love this movie. I hope it wins the Oscar. Uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. I, I think it'll get editing for sure. Yeah. That was amazing. No, really good. I have not seen it. I'll have to check. Can we oh, circle back to Wind? Yeah, Wind. I have, I have the Wikipedia... Wind, what is it? ...info on it. Um, and it has a... Gif oh, of, it's got some uh, of a tree moving. <laughs> now, if there was a squirrel in that tree, <laughs> yeah, we, wow, we would have double back. Yeah, right. Combined wind questions. is the flow of gases on a large scale. That's boring. so. Yeah, wow. that's why they call it breaking wind. When you <laughs> fart. Oh. I have a question for you guys. Uh, <laughs> sure. Do you, what's called? Uh, do you get uh, questions from your audience about like what? We haven't yet. We haven't. No. We thought. Are we've you afraid? No, 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 no. It's it's, it's a technology thing. Is what we're what we're thinking about doing, or what I'm hoping to do. Jason has tried it before and hasn't had success. So we're kind of like figuring it out still. Is we want to do these live? Yeah. And have it going up on YouTube mm -hmm. as we record, see. and then you can have a chat. Gotcha. Your guests would be a little bit more intimidated, I think, because. Ask the, ask the director I mean, questions. No, 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 no. You guys, you guys would be, you'd forget about it. No. Forget about forget it. Forget about it. And then we would have a five-minute section um, where let's answer some questions from, gotcha. the, from the people. I listening. like that, though. That's a great That's a great idea. And we've talked about, like we said, we've talked about that. Well, uh, we just have, we don't have a social, we don't really have a, like, okay, a good place for that would be with a, hey, a Facebook page where in, we. Instagram, mm -hmm. even. Yeah, on Instagram, we could do that. Well, only because when, you know, earlier on in the podcast, when you said, oh, we should explain this for the audience, uh, you know, and, and I was like, oh, mm. that's right, not everybody knows about film. And then I started thinking, oh, I, you know, I wonder what kind of stuff they want to know about. Oh, that's yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah. That's a good uh, point. That's great. I will say we get a lot of really good feedback. Um, you know, what one thing that 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 I try to do, and Michael does the same, is we we try to bring the listener into the room. It, and I think it's probably a good reason why I'm here because a lot of the stuff you guys talk about is over my head. So I I'm able mm -hmm. to bring those questions that maybe they are like, what are they talking about? But I, all the feedback we're getting is that people are enjoying this type of conversation because they don't know anything about this stuff. Mm -hmm. and Neither do we. So. <laughs> you know, kind of peeling back the curtain of what it takes to make a film. And, and how and, it's not all it's not glamorous. Tom Cruise. Oh and it's God, not glamorous. No. There's no glamour. You know that is one. That's literally one of my Instagram posts. Do you remember that one? 
where <laughs> it's it's like uh you know this is what everybody thinks i do and it's like oh, me yeah, on the yeah, red yeah, carpet yeah. with yeah. like kevin dillon <laughs> and then uh, this is what i really do and it's like me with a cup of coffee in front of my computer just like <laughs> yeah that's right that is 95% of it yeah i had a meme like that for engineering it's like there was four of them and what people think i do oh, yeah. what my mom thinks i do is <laughs> i'm in a lab coat with a science shit and what i really do is strung out on caffeine yeah, yeah. cigarette ashtray on this you know on the thing it's like going oh god this sound sucks <laughs> yeah these guys know how to record sound <laughs> needing to take many many breaks oh uh, gentlemen thank you so yes, much for coming in you. it really Appreciate was a great show it. and a uh, yeah a lot of great info um mickey kelly's coming out we're gonna finish it oh well it comes out when it comes we gotta out. Finish it first. <laughs> yeah. We got to finish it. We got to finish Mickey Kelly. Um, and actually, we just recently, a couple months ago, we wrapped up sound for Stan at Paxton County. Right. We, we finished that quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, but we just did something for it. Right. We yeah, we put a, a credit sequence at the beginning. So right. We so we little, did a little, a little change. A little, and, but yeah. so it's technically finished now. Correct? It's done. Yeah. yeah. Any release dates? for that no not yet um but it's got to go up through forest anxious. films right and they where they figure out we a home did for just it. do a special screening in rapid city south dakota i saw that yeah and i loved your uh rushmore video <laughs> that was so damn funny thanks <laughs> it was really good but uh, just to talk about you know because your audience is throughout the country yeah it was very interesting when i was there how many people came up to me with their story ideas of mm. what a movie they would like to see? Oh, that is and interesting. It is really interesting. It's it's like global. Everyone has a story that yeah. they are associated huh. with somehow. They so I got pitched five different movies, and two of them I'm like, well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good ratio. That's really cool. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. This has been great. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See. You. Also, it, back to back to what you're saying. Please let us know when your your, your stuff gets released. So I see can, these guys or talk to them. Yeah, we pretty need to, regularly. At least yeah. at we least need once to have or a, twice We need a to have a show, you and I, where we just talk about all the ones that have been released That's <laughs> when good. they get released. That's good. Because I mean, I'm anxious to see many of them. Oh, oh, uh, obviously, I, I can, Michael I can gets totally to plug. Uh, if you want to see our first movie that we worked on together, uh -huh. Born to Race, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Nice, Very nice. Born to Race. Yeah, Born to Race. Cool. All right, cool. Thank you guys. Thank <laughs> you. It's the third thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you feel thank you to death. Take care.